and welcome to the Zelda Informer podcast. I am your host, Nathaniel Rumpeljance, the editor-in-chief of Zelda Informer, as one would have it. And I am joined by my co-host, Alfred... I'm going to totally butcher your last name. Uh, um, Dave X. <laughs> yeah, I, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, we're also joined today by our managing editor at Zelda Informer as well, Darren Har, the second, I believe. Hey, I don't there. know why I always think you're the third. Yeah, the second. The Darren Har, the third. Oh, wait, no. Because the, the third is more I'm thinking common. of your future children. <laughs> the second is just more distinguished than oh, Junior. Even if it's a everyone. girl, it's going to be Darren Hard the third. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. call you, hey, kid. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, for view, uh, viewers, listeners who have been uh, listening to the Zelda Informer podcast over the past year and a half, in case you missed uh, the very last episode we had, episode 87, uh, that podcast is done and over with. Uh, Adam has retired from doing podcast stuff at Zelda Informer. Uh, so he had a nice farewell episode last week featuring all of his friends that he had working on the podcast uh, over the last year and a half. So this is a new podcast. This is officially episode one of the brand new podcast. Still runs under the Zelda Informer podcast banner because we are Zelda Informer and this is our podcast. So we're keeping the name. Deal with it. Like that's a good reason to keep the name right like i'm sorry what am i supposed to call it the zelda not informer podcast um (laughs) so uh this podcast can be ran a little different than what some of the listeners may be uh used to but you will eventually get used to this and hopefully love it uh it's going to be a bit more structured in that uh we are going to have sections in the podcast uh, the first section that is a 30-minute section talking about news, which I have not started the timer for yet because I knew there was going to be this really long explanation at the start, which is always really, really boring. So I apologize about how boring this is, but it's definitely needed just for this first episode. Uh, and then after that, we do a little 15-minute conversation about all of your fan topics that you submit. You can submit them to podcast at zeldainformer.com. Or you could submit it down in the comments below, wherever you are see- checking this out. Uh, so be it on our site at zoneinformer.com, or if it's over on YouTube, because this will be on YouTube every week. Or if for some odd reason you decide to support Nintendo Prime on Patreon, you can actually get access to the audio file of this podcast sooner than it- other people can. Um, and then your comments on the podcast posted there will also be taken into consideration for fan topics. Uh, beyond that, yeah, wow. I know. Wow, right? <laughs> I will go. It, it, it's patreon.com slash Nintendo Prime uh, if you guys want to go check that out. Uh, but beyond that, I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time promoting that because there's additional things with Nintendo Prime that have nothing to do with Zelda Informer. Um, there's also a 15-minute conversation uh, right at the end of the podcast where all of us kind of go around the room and talk about our favorite things that happened in the past week. And the reason we don't do that at the beginning of the podcast like a lot of other people do is because we really want to just jump right in on the topics that matter that are relevant right now for what's happened in this past week rather than sit around and chum about how I just beat Super Mario 3D World for like my fifth time two days ago. <laughs> as interesting as that might might be to some of you. <laughs> I love that game to death. So I'm going to start the timer uh, right now. Let me pop it up quick here. All right. So uh, the first topic we got to talk about today uh, 
this is a really big one. Uh, this is actually a really big week for for news. Uh, the two, there's two uh, extensive Zelda U demos going on at E3 uh, that are going to total between 60 to 90 minutes. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard about that. We've had some conversations at Zelda Former about it. Here's the exact quote uh, from the PR email thingamajigger. Uh, it says from June 14th. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I have that wrong. There is no uh, thing for me to read for this one. I was getting ahead of myself. So good, good start to the cast. Uh, so wow, so, great you know, job! Right, right, slow clap that. All right, that was some live sound effects right there. Some bad ones. Uh, yeah. So there's going to be two Zelda U demos, ninety minutes total. Um, I'm going to be at E3 to enjoy that that ninety minutes, but you two are not. Nope. So. Outside of probably being really <laughs> jealous, uh, what what do you guys think about uh, these really really long demos? I think these might be the longest Zelda demos we've ever had. Well, here's yeah, Alfred. Why don't why don't okay. you give your thoughts on that? Here's where I'm a little not that I'm concerned. It's more along the lines of I'm kind of confused because typically when they do demos, from what I've heard, I've never actually been to E3. Um, but you know when you see uh, ground floor demos recorded or see them done. Um, they're typically short so that people can kind of pop in, pop out. Um, when even the the Smash Brothers for Wii U came out and I went to Best Buy, it was a quick, like, one-session thing and you were done. Um, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see, uh, A, how many uh, set demos they're going to have, um, like, on the floor. Because I imagine if they only had, like, one or two, there's a huge line backed up already, and it's a 90-minute demo, so you're playing an hour and a half of the game. Um, and so I'm kind of also wondering what's going to be in that hour and a half. Are we going to see like the beginning of the game? Are we going to be put into like different scenarios? Like, are we going to start out fighting a boss and then move into exploration kind of like chopped up bits of the game? Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what Nintendo does with that. Um, because 90 minutes is a really long chunk of time to be focusing on one demo, especially on a game that's going to be really, really big. Um, I can only imagine what they would be doing with that. And hopefully it doesn't spoil well, too much. To interject, um, we do know. I, I wish I had the quote right in front of me. I knew this was going to be brought up. Um, the E3 site, e3.nintendo.com. Um, it says something about like you know getting to experience like the mountains, the forests, the fields of Hyrule. Um, which, by the way, is the first time they've actually said Hyrule and confirmed that it is Hyrule in the game. Mm-hmm. Not that there was very much doubt that it was uh but uh so when i hear that when i read that and i think 90 minutes i think okay one of the two demos they're just gonna drop you into the overworld and just let you go crazy Mm -hmm. figure it out go explore you can end up in mountains you can end up in forests you can end up you know wherever in snow maybe um it's really, you know, wherever you can get within the allotted time, whether it's 45 minutes or an hour, however long the timer, they usually have a timer on it. If they don't have a timer on it, that would be very surprising. Um, and then obviously the other demo, I'm thinking it's got to be about fights. It's got to be about dungeons and puzzles. Um, so you figure maybe they'll end up spoiling like the entire first dungeon of the game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um which usually isn't a big deal because the first dungeon of the game is always introducing you to the mechanics of Zelda. Uh, so, it's yeah, it's usually big, nothing yeah. big, you know. Yeah, oh well. It, it, 
whatever. You're, it, that's just going to happen. There, there's no way you're not going to end up fighting a boss and doing some, some puzzle stuff. Um, so it that, that's what I think is going to happen with those demos. I just don't... 90 minutes is a long time. Um, and I know that's the only game they're bringing to E3. So that's... <laughs> they're going to have a lot of floor space to have a lot of demo stations. But then they talk about how you want, they want to immerse you into the game. Which to me feels like the only way to immerse them into a game is you got to make them not pay attention to the fact that, hey, we're in E3. And there's like a zillion people here. Mm-hmm. And it gets really loud. So I'm wondering if they're going to do things like make you wear no- noise-canceling headphones. Um, if you maybe you play the game in a mini booth where you're cut off from everything. Um, but man, 90 minutes, it's just a long, that's a long demo. Well, I'm, I'm, I remember last year when they had uh, the Star Fox like booth or something where you were in the R-Wing. That didn't go over real well because it just felt like you were sitting in an R-Wing playing, like just sitting in a box playing the game. And so I'm kind of wondering how they're going to do this. Like, um, I've heard it described like different possibilities for it. Like you walk in and their entire ec- like area is Hyrule. Like they've got a castle set up and mountains and like a forest. I, I don't know how they go about doing that, but stuff like that um, to kind of immerse you in the world. Um, I know you couldn't see it, but I did air quotes around immerse. Um, I'm just trying to imagine <laughs> what they're going to do like to, to make this interesting because this is a really different e3 because they're pretty much only demoing and showing one game and so we're pretty much that's all we're going to get we, we're probably going to get um, uh, did you see i i don't know if it was e3 2004 or e3 e3 2005 maybe it was e3 2006 i don't remember one of those three e3s um they had a really elaborate setup for twilight princess yeah yeah, yeah. i remember that yeah like you had the fish on the floor and like you can interact with them and you had like animatronic wolf link and um so, like, when I think about, like, an entire booth being something like that, where it's not just, like, this little subsection of the booth where you kind of walk into you and you enter a little part of Hyrule, like, I'm thinking they got to really be going all out with all that floor space because they have a ton of well, floor yeah, like, space. Like, pull out all the stuff for this because that's what I imagine they're going to do because, again, this is their only game that they're showing. So they're, they're going to be pushing this thing as hard as they can, or they should push this thing as hard as they can to really sell people on it. My only... The only thing that's really kind of worrying me about this is that we're only getting, from what I've heard, the Wii U version of the game. And so yep, yes. we're, we're only going to see the Wii U version of the game. And since we don't even know what the NX is or what it looks like, I can kind of understand that. Um, but I'm going to be really interested to see how, you know, there are first impressions of the Wii U version of Zelda U. And then whenever the NX comes out and maybe they do a live demo or maybe they send like... Um, demos to different outlets to let them review it how much it differs and if there's any really big change because right now all we're going to be able to do is be sold on zelda u for the wii u uh, it, you have to remember this is a really weird e3 just because not because this is unprecedented what nintendo is doing uh it's also unprecedented in that we know in less than a year nintendo is launching new hardware uh, at least according to what they said. They said yeah. March 2017, so until that date changes, which it very likely could because Nintendo does lots of delays, but from what it sounds like, this is almost already a delay. Just based on the wording, it kind of sounded like they wanted to do holiday this year, but the games aren't ready. Yeah. Something like that. Um, 
at least that's the impression I got. This is all obviously unconfirmed speculation, but yeah, that's the impression I got too. It sounded like they wanted to do a holiday. Yeah, release. so this is like a really weird E3 in that they have new hardware that no one really knows anything about. Some you know quote unquote new way to play, <laughs> and which I mean that scares a lot of people <laughs> hearing that term um, from Nintendo but, of all people. Yes. Um, I'd be scared hearing it from anyone, <laughs> but that's just, you know, Nintendo's, yeah, I have nothing wrong with Nintendo experimenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, they're going to have a separate event to unveil the NX, which, you know, I, I, I was at first, I was upset about them not bringing it to E3, but then it's like, you know, maybe they just don't want to be overshadowed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so there are like, there are two Xbox levels rumored to, be shown off not at e3 but there's one that's rumored to be shown off yeah there's like two new models then, of the you xbox know, sony's new, new console you know the playstation 4k um you know and if the you yeah. know and if the nx itself ends up not being up to snuff with those boxes um say it's only on par with like the playstation 4 then obviously they don't really want to have that comparison right then and fighting for attention because yeah. the attention is going to go to the bigger more powerful boxes that already have a history of higher sales um than what what NX has to offer. So there's also things like maybe they're still working out third party contracts for for games in 2017, um, and all that stuff. Who really knows what's going on except Nintendo? Uh, but I think the reason I bring that up is because they're gonna have this separate event for the NX, right? They're gonna have this mm-hmm. unveiling event. You know, I hope they do it right, where it's like this live event, and they you know inv- you know invite a whole bunch of media like Nintendo. I better have an email on my account inviting me to that. <laughs> Um, doesn't mean I'll go, but may- maybe I could find some <laughs> staff member who can attend. Um, but I have a feeling that like they're gonna show off Zelda U as Zelda NX at that event and show what makes the game better on the NX and why you need to own the NX version. And it's really weird to me when they're gonna do that when they're spending so much time showing off the Wii U version. It's really conflicting because they purposely delayed Zelda U to be on NX. It's very clearly what they did. Mm -hmm. And they're promoting, they're spending this entire E3 period just talking about the Wii U version. And don't be wrong, if we get an interview, I'm going to be grilling them like, yo, why are we seeing all this Wii U stuff? Where's the NX? Like, is it upstairs? You got a private private (laughs) area? You know, can we get access to that, please? You know, like, this is what you want to promote, but you're starting by promoting the Wii U version. It's It's just a really strange... Thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, if this game is absolutely fantastic, it doesn't matter anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can kind of see, like, I've heard so many people talk about it. I listened to, uh, like, Colin um, and Greg are kind of funny, and I'm even Colin on Gamnesia. They're talking about how this could be kind of a good move, because like you guys said, it could be overshadowed. But we also have to remember that this is, like, the year of virtual reality stuff, and... Mm-hmm there's no indication whatsoever that Nintendo's entering that market ever again. Um, so we're going to see Sony's uh, Project Morpheus, their VR. We're going to see probably uh, Microsoft's updated uh, augmented reality glasses, um, get a better look at that. And we also have these, I'm imagining... Yeah. There was a listing on E3 that for uh, Microsoft, for Xbox VR mm-hmm. games, yeah. so... I would assume. Well, I'm imagining. Well, plus they, uh, I thought they were working on a contract with Oculus. 
I don't um, think they were they. That's what I was reading. Yeah, their virtual reality glasses aren't about like their Xbox brand at all. Like that's all. Um, that's all about like like real world hologram okay. stuff they're trying to do with those. Like they're they're trying to get a partnership with Oculus to be like not the you know officially Xbox stuff, but basically officially Xbox. Okay. Since they're already on PC. Um, but I, at least that's what I read. Nothing's been confirmed. That's all rumors, of course, which would be a pretty big announcement of E3. I mean, I still um, imagine that they're going to show that off in some way, shape, or form because they did last yeah. year. And so, yeah. again, like, Nintendo would have to go up against those two things. And mm-hmm. um, I've heard it talked about, like, the, the benefit of doing a Nintendo Direct is that Nintendo's always been able to have a self-contained environment where they could control the news, where they're, like, the top dog because they're the only dog. And so everything that comes out of them is, like, the top news from their, their meeting. And so they could sure. control that with the NX and be like, okay, well, here's all this stuff about the NX, and we really don't have anyone to go up against. Um, so, you know, here's all the news. It's not overshadowed by anything. It's happening probably, I don't know, I'd imagine after the summer, um, probably fall is when we're going to hear anything about it. I'd imagine September, sure. maybe October. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren, you got anything to add about the demo? Any thoughts? Uh, my thoughts. Um, we better see the green tunic. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want the no, green tunic you. to return. I'll pass I, on that. I, I would imagine that the blue tunic is going to be on link for the entirety of the demo. It doesn't mean that much to me, but I'd just like to see it. But you guys basically said everything. I mean, the demo will probably be dungeons and combat and exploration. Uh, and gender option at which the Which knows what that means. <laughs> oh, really, Nate? Really? Hey, I, I had to bring it up. I have the person who wants gender options or genderless on the cast i have to bring it up androgynous link <laughs> oh, okay yeah. um all right so uh we're gonna move right into another semi-related topic actually it's like directly related because it does deal with e3 uh so nintendo is you know in the past they've done uh you know those little demo stations at best buy teamed up with them to show off you know two or three of their biggest games uh from the e3 floor which is essentially the e3 demo uh this year they're not doing that which makes a whole lot of sense if these demos are like an hour long uh instead they are doing it where 500 fans uh can go to nintendo new york and play zelda u uh so i'm gonna read you what the press release says on that it says from june 14th through june 19th five uh, yeah 500 fans will be among the first people in the world to play the legend of zelda for wii u uh, console at the Nintendo New York store. The 500 fans will be selected during a super fan sign-up day, which will be held on Saturday, June 11th. Only the first 500 eligible people in line when Nintendo New York opens at 9 a.m. Eastern will receive a wristband that they can exchange for a ticket, which guarantees them a spot to play the game during the selected times from June 14th to the 19th. Fans can start lining up at 7 a.m. Eastern on June 11th. Photo ID is required, and minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. All right, so the, it's a six-day event. It's free. It'll begin at noon Eastern on June 14th, where fans will be invited to watch gameplay of The Legend of Zelda live-streamed from Nintendo's booth at this year's E3 video, uh, video game trade show in Los Angeles to a 15-foot gaming screen inside Nintendo New York. This will be the world's first in-depth look at the game. Then at 3 p.m. Eastern, the first of the 500 fans will begin sampling the game for the first time. 
from June 15th to June 19th, Nintendo experts will also be giving guided gameplay demonstrations on the big screen for everyone to watch and play. Several fans may even get the chance to participate in guided demonstrations. There will also be the Legend of Zelda trivia for a chance for fans to win fun prizes. Um, okay, so that's a lot to digest. Um, yeah, like, that's a lot. You know, when you see the the headline, you're like, oh, okay, they're just going to, you know, do a little thing and let the 500 fans play, uh, which is great. That is what they're doing. You know, they got it's pretty well organized, wristbands, tickets, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, and obviously having the stream from Nintendo's booth at E3, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but this news, I, I, the reason I want to talk about this news in particular, uh, they are having like these guided tours and demonstrations that, uh, I assume is not going to be streamed online, um, exclusive to the Nintendo New York store. Um, obviously you know, you got the, the trivia and the prizes and that's all great and everything, but it's really interesting that Nintendo is, uh, choosing this as a way to bring it to the fans and what's even more interesting um are the dates okay so it starts on the first day of of you know of e3 on june uh, hopefully you know before they get to play it at three o'clock hopefully i've already played the demo by then um but then it goes through the 19th and that's longer than e3 e3 is done on the 16th yeah mm-hmm. um so, like, these fans will get to play the game for a longer sessions than the media can, which is, or, you know, for more days than the media can. It's just really interesting. Now, maybe it just has to do with the fact that when they have fans come in, like, they only have, like, one fan play at a time or something. Um, I have no idea. And it would have been, to me, cool if they would have, instead of having it on a 15-foot screen inside, if they had put a screen on the outside of the building as extra advertisement to all onlookers. Um but then again, that's that's business yeah. Nate coming out. Um, <laughs> well, I I'm disappointed because I live a couple hours away from New York City, and for one, I would have to go there twice, once to sign up, and then a second time to actually play the demo and go to the store. Uh, but I will be here covering E3, so well, I it runs through that. It, it, and l- like I said, yeah, it, and it's going after E3, but that still means I'd have to go twice. <laughs> so it's kind of a local only. Yeah, event, see, this is folks, unless you folks, live really close. This is where the youngin Darren comes out. He is the he is the one of the youngest members of our staff. Um, a two hour <laughs> drive is nothing for most adults. <laughs> uh, there's people that drive that every day to go. It's to like work. three hours, <laughs> but. That's it's like three hours, but still, but it's it's not the drive. I will drive like five hours anywhere, but it's being in New York City. <laughs> like, I hate I cities. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's just weird. It's just a really, I mean, I'm great. Those 500 people, I hope all of them show up and all of them have a good time. Um, yeah, yeah, and I hope some of them capture footage. Yeah. Um. If you're there, send us footage. Like, tweet it at us. Tweet it at me. Send it. Yeah, because you're gonna have send access to, to better internet than I am. So. Yeah, my my um. question is, will it will it be the whole ninety minute demo? Do you think? Or do you think there's gonna be like? Probably not. If it's gonna be five hundred fans there, and there's going to be one demo, I'm guessing I'm assuming... that like it's the same demos from E3. They just cut people off sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 10, 15 minutes a person. I mean, I, you know, they, they might be willing to go a full 30. Um, especially on, uh, because they mentioned that they all have guided gameplay demonstrations. 
um, which is obviously, you know, kind of like a live at, you know, the, the Nintendo Treehouse kind of demonstration. Mm-hmm. But then they say that some fans are going to get to participate. Um, or might, I'm sorry, may get to participate. Um, it kind of sounds like a like a backseat gaming type of thing. Like so the fan has the controller and then there's some guy in back room saying, okay, now go over to that mountain. And be like, earlier you know, go when here, I played this go game, there, there were here's apples a secret. on that tree. <laughs> you get the, you're gonna have the Shigeru Miyamoto in your ear telling you all the things that you can't experience right now. Okay, now go over here and do this. Oh, why didn't why didn't Epona run into that tree? Well, horses don't run into trees very often. <laughs> now remember, horses do not run into See, trees. See, what I'm interested in, like like you said, I don't uh, think I might think it may be more than one demo, um, because I'm kind of I've been there once uh, to the Nintendo World Store in New York, and. The top is pretty, like, I'm imagining they're going to, like, clear it all out and then do something different and redo the entire floor to make it probably, like, E3 light in terms of immersion and demoing. And so I imagine maybe, like, three demos um, just because it's a huge area. And if they're going to go out and get 500 people to do it, having, like, one person every 30 minutes come into the store, that'd be, like, a huge backup um, into the store. More than that. I mean, I can understand maybe that's why it, it lasts, you know, as long as it does, like how many days. Because mm-hmm. they just know they're not going to be able to get all 500 in in three days. But it's it's just, I can't imagine. And only one of them is going to be hooked up to the, you know, the big 15-foot screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. But, hey, look, if you're one of the people that get to do it, great. Um, I'm happy for you. You get to feel like a media member for five days. It's kind of kind of cool. And you get to play on a 15 well, foot they, screen. I think it's it's broadcasted to a 15 foot screen. I don't think you have to play on it. Yeah, but if you're next to it, you could just turn <laughs> around and play on the screen. I don't know. There might be some cell phone interference. <laughs> um. Anyways, sorry. That was a a bad reference to Skyward Sword's demo mess up. Um. So uh, we're going to move on to uh, the, the one of our final news topics here, or the final news topic we got. Uh, this is about the NX um, and GameStop, of all places, because, you know, everyone loves GameStop. Um, ah, I wrote up this yeah, post. Yeah, so Darren should know this one really well. Uh, so GameStop compares uh, co- or did a comparison of potential NX sales uh, to what the Wii U and Wii did. So obviously this is just some predictions. Um, and uh, GameStop is usually pretty good with their predictions just um, not with their trade-in sales <laughs> uh so i'm gonna go ahead and read this entire thing it's pretty long but there's um some really particular details in there that don't always pop out at you when you look at the graph they posted because the graph they had is kind of confusing um yeah so it here, was really confusing yeah. when i so first here's what they had it. to say on that uh, Nintendo has confirmed that they will be introducing a new console in early 2017. So let's take a look at the potential for just one new console. Again, we're not projecting, which is really weird because that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> um, we are simply looking at... They just don't want to be held yeah, right. accountable uh, for their This projection. isn't a prediction. Don't... Anyway. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are simply looking at the potential for the new console in comparison to prior consoles. Should the new NX perform only slightly better than the Wii U, it would generate $2.7 billion in incremental sales over the first two years. Should it perform at even half the level of the Wii, 
it would generate 7.5 billion units of incremental sales over that time frame. You can, of course, apply GameStop's market share to estimate the impact on GameStop's overall sales. While it's too early to offer definitive projections, we are monitoring the situation closely in terms of product availability and features, consumer awareness, and purchase intent. We want to provide updates this quarter. We saw these rumors. I'm assuming they're talking about um, some of the physical media rumors here. Um, and I don't think we know anything about it anyway, whether or not it'll be disc or cartridge-based. So there you go, yeah. It's about mm-hmm. the physical media. But certainly, uh, for us, physical media is a good thing. The only difference would be on the refurbishment and pre-owned sign. And actually, cartridges are much simpler to refurbish and repackage. So there's a little bit of a of an advantage in that direction. But it's early and will keep a cool head. Certainly, I would say that there are rumors of that type. It just confirms that this is an important console for this year. That's a really weird sentence. Um, it will have physical media. Yeah. Uh, we will play it. Yeah. What? This is just a really bad press release. Um, we will play a role yeah, it in is. it. Our pre-owned business will also play a role. So we're excited about that. And, of course, we love Nintendo IP. So it's all good news. All right. So, of course, it will play a role yeah. in your business. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just console. so weird. Like, I don't even know why GameStop even had to say anything. Why they had to even do this. You know, I, I guess I'll call it a comparison because they want to tell you up front it's not a projection. Because they're just saying, well, you know, if it did half of this, then it would do this. But half of that, it would do this. Like, okay. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, you're, you're projecting, but that's okay. Well, I'll forgive you, GameStop, yeah. for now. <laughs> Only because my local store has been really good to me. Um, <laughs> so, okay. We, we don't have a lot of time to talk about this topic, which is fine. Because we really shouldn't talk about this topic that long. Because it's, it's, a, it's just a really it weird sucks. topic. Um. But I wanted to bring up this topic in particular because uh, GameStop has been kind of on the downturn um, ever since digital started booming, which makes a lot of sense because uh, for those listeners who don't know, uh, GameStop makes a majority of their money from the secondhand market. Um, so those games they buy from you for like, you know, five, well, if you sell it early enough, you can get like 25 bucks, but you know, the games they buy from you, like, you know, one to $5, they go ahead and repackage for 30 to 40. And, uh, no, they do not sell most of them, but when they do sell it, it's still a really, really huge profit margin for them. Um, yeah. So they've also obviously lost some business to digital. Now they still offer, um, which is what I take advantage of. They offer uh, digital games, and you can still get GameStop points with that. So I'll, I like my digital Nintendo games. I don't buy them through the eShop. I buy them through GameStop, so I get the bonus points. Then I use them on the eShop. And it was really cool when they had that 10% bonus going on on, on the, uh, the Wii U because it counted if you bought it from other vendors. Are they the same price as they are on yes. the eShop? I, unless there's unless the okay. there's sales on the eShop. It doesn't take sales into account. Um, but yeah, yeah, so like I'd buy through GameStop and get points, and then I would put it on my Wii U, and then I'd still get the ten percent bump, which was just awesome. So I'm like double dipping, which is totally not what Nintendo intended. <laughs> um, but it is what it is, and it uh well, I, you, people do it all the time with the uh, there's some cool things you can do with the the game program they have at Best Buy, um, where you end up barely paying anything for games. It's just awesome. Uh, maybe maybe we'll have that as a topic sometime, like how to take advantage of all these. Um, trade-in systems but 
How to cheat at buying games by Nathaniel Rumpelgeist. Hey, when you're on a budget, man, you learn a lot of tricks. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I'm not on as much of a budget as I used to be. So, no, I brought up this topic, which, you know, of course, we're not on even less time to talk about. Uh, just because I wanted to hear some quick thoughts on how much you think GameStop's actually going to matter for the NX in 2017. Like, is it going to be the go-to vendor? Because Nintendo's been releasing games this past generation exclusively at GameStop. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think about that? Um, I think that <clears throat> GameStop is on this, is in this weird area right now where a lot of people, um, well, I guess GameStop's benefit here is that, especially for the Wii U and the Wii and the 3DS, is that those consoles haven't had huge hard drives to just download a huge amount of games onto. Like, I had to clear off a lot of space. <laughs> for the bonus content for my Xenoblade Chronicles X, like the stuff that make the game run better, I had to clear off a lot of stuff off of my hard drive and my SD card in order to run the game. And so, like, you know, they're, they're 32 gigabyte downloads. Like, games are huge. Like, I downloaded Overwatch, and it was 30 gigabytes. And that's, like, half of my Wii U console right now. Like, my Wii U got the 64 gigabyte. <laughs> if I decided, hey, you know what? They decided to release Overwatch for the Wii U. Half of my console's uh, hard drive would be dedicated strictly to Overwatch. And so I think if they keep up that that uh, model where their hard drive really isn't that big and they rely on external um, uses to keep in store games, GameStop's not going anywhere, especially with Nintendo, because you'll always be able to have more physical copies of games that don't require storage on the hard drive itself. Um, and so that's well, been their benefit to the, for the Wii. Yeah, and that's a point. That's a point to their comments on cartridges. Um, another benefit of cartridges that isn't often talked about is, and this will be, I guess, the last point on this. Sorry, Darren. Um, is that cartridges <laughs> uh, offer? See, there's the timer. Uh, offer a unique ability to have game saves on them locally, not saved to your system. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you provide extra space on them, you can actually download updates directly to the cartridge, uh, which is you know, like you just like whoa! Imagine if you had a Blu-ray disc for a game and you could download updates directly to the disc and send it to your console. Um, that just makes physical media even more viable. Let alone the cartridges are really fast in comparison mm-hmm. to uh, oh yeah, like you know just it, it's they're you don't even notice the difference with if you install locally or you run off a cartridge. Uh, so it's it's just awesome. So GameStop's obviously banking on them, still doing physical media, which they probably are. Uh, it's just uh, GameStop, stop talking about the NX. You just, <laughs> unless you know something and you keep saying you don't know anything, just don't do it. All right, so if you heard that uh, buzzer a moment ago, that means we have reached a halfway point of our podcast. Hope you had a good time so far. We're going to hop right into the fan topics. Nothing fancy in between the topics. We're just going to rapid fire here. we we got 15 minutes. Timer started. All right, so this one comes from Duncan Cameron on our Facebook page. Uh, Do you guys think Nintendo will do anything else for the 30th anniversary of Zelda this year? Darren, why don't you take this one? Yes. (laughs) I actually did a daily debate about this, I believe, a while ago about if Nintendo was going to do anything else. One of the things I mentioned were trading cards that we've already seen and actually have a release date for, at least in Australia. Uh, As far as other games, 
I don't think so because I, I really think they're focusing on Zelda Wii U. Um, you know, we've had a lot of Zelda love uh, this generation. We've had two, three, four remakes. Uh, you know, Electrogen Worlds, Triforce Heroes, Hyrule Warriors, Hyrule Warriors Legends, and now Zelda Wii U. Uh, I think just showing off Zelda Wii U is going to be Nintendo's kind of celebration uh, for the 30th, 30th anniversary, some merchandise, you know, the trading cards. I just don't think um, there's going to be anything in the games, but definitely other stuff like merchandise. Uh, this is a good time to bring up a quote. I just looked it up from uh, Tatsumi Kimishima, the current president and CEO of Nintendo Japan. Um he talked about uh, during their last financial stuff, uh, you know, he talked about their E3 experience. It's going to focus on Zelda, yada, yada, yada. Um, in that, he said, 30 years have passed since the release of the first title in the Legend of Zelda series, and we have even more in store for the future. Okay. Yeah, it's the first time that Nintendo has recognized uh, Zelda's 30th anniversary. Yeah, it, it's really <laughs> weird. And, and how it's worded, now that I'm looking back on this, because I know when we reported it, you know, we, were, we we interpreted it as they have more in store for the 30th anniversary. Um, but reading that again, uh, it says, you know, 30 years have passed since the release of the first title. Uh, and we have even more in store in the future. I don't know if that has anything to do with the 30th anniversary. I think it sounds more like, hey, we've got yeah, more just Zelda stuff coming yeah. in the next 20 years, so be prepared. Yeah, like, oh, we've had 30 years of Zelda, and we're not going to stop. Have a good day. That's yeah. what. Uh, <laughs> Guess what? An exclusive Zelda NX game is coming in <laughs> um, 10 years. And, and what some people forget, and this is something, uh, there has been one recognition of the 30th anniversary. When they renewed the uh, Symphony of the Goddesses this year, the the tour there, well, Master Quest or whatever it is this year. Yep. Um, it was said in the press release when it was renewed that it was to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Zelda. So they have recognized it before. It's just whether or not that press release was from like Nintendo or just from the organization they have running the tour um, as a way to hype it yeah. up. I don't know. And like, I I'm glad that the tour is continuing because there's still tons of fans that haven't seen that. I'm one of them. If I haven't you, seen it. If you haven't seen it, you you need to like buy tickets now because I've been twice and it's probably one of my favorite, I guess, symphonies I've ever been to. And I'm a little bit biased because I'm a Zelda fan, but I took my girlfriend last uh, <laughs> fall and she loved it. She's not really a Zelda fan. I love it. I am a Zelda fan. Um, beautiful music, beautiful um, graphics in the background. They play. Uh, the games along with it and just, i would recommend going if you're a zelda fan you haven't seen it what are you doing get out yeah. your butt go see that symphony yeah and i thought it was just weird that they advertised it as the 30th anniversary thing because like it's been going on for the last five years so mm -hmm. it, yeah. it had a one-year break after doing two years for the 25th and then it came back last year and is back again this year so it, it i don't know it doesn't seem as special anymore in terms of like meaning something to the anniversaries of the series, it's just an ongoing concert series that keeps going because they keep selling out. Um, so, yeah, and one more thing to note about the 30th anniversary celebrations uh, something that we only saw once and hasn't been referred to again by Nintendo is the mysterious Summer of Zelda. That's just um, for a sale. I on the yeah, it was for like a sale. It was on the mobile eShop, and specifically only mm -hmm. the mobile eShop, not on like mm -hmm. PC. Um, it was a picture of Link in the Kokiri suit from Triforce Heroes, 
that said the summer of Zelda yeah. is going to be a bunch of discounts. It's there's yeah, that, and I'm sure <laughs> that we Yay. don't have any details on that. So like, I'm sure you know during E3 because uh, it's all about Zelda. So if there's going to be anything about Zelda this year, we're going to hear about it there. Whether it's merchandise, amiibo. Um, oh, I guarantee you, they're going to roll out more amiibos. I, I don't know how they can't. Um, they have nothing else coming this year, yeah. and they're hyping Zelda, so it's a good time to release some Zelda amiibo for the thirtieth. And there, there is already officially a Zelda amiibo line. Um, Midna has her own Zelda base, Wolf yeah. Link mm-hmm. amiibo. I'd imagine it's separate from like the yeah. Smash Zelda. I could amiibo. see like yeah. a a type of golden Link amiibo, like they did for uh, Mega Man Capcom, just something like that, like to celebrate the. I could also see them doing uh, the eight bit yeah. Link. Like they did for Mario. Mm, yeah. Um, so you know, there's probably going to be some minor announcements. So uh, there's going to be stuff they're going to announce, I'm sure, at E3 for the 30th anniversary. It might not feel as special as the 25th. But then again, what made the 25th seem special is that there was a uh, the first ever uh, current-gen remake of a Zelda game. Yeah. And, and then there was also a brand-new console game. Now, I don't think... The, to me, to me, releasing brand new games the year of an anniversary is irrelevant because those games are coming anyways. Um, but I thought the Ocarina of Time 3D timing definitely felt like, a, hey, this is the anniversary, let's do it. Um, yeah. Anyways. Because that's like the most yeah. looked up yeah. to 3D yeah. Zelda And plus, game. you know, well, at the time they did need titles for the 3DS back then. So I don't know when that decision was made. I don't remember. There was some interviews about it. Uh, we'll move on to the next fan topic. Thank you, uh, Duncan, for your, your submittal here. Uh, the next one is from Dakota James Belford, also from our Facebook page. Uh, it says, how much longer do you think the Zelda series can last? And I'm referring to material Forever. and story-wise. Ooh. That's a... <laughs> you can never run out of ideas. It's one of those, does Zelda ever hit a point where they are just retreading their ideas so much um, in terms of storytelling, in terms of you know what they have going on in the game, that it, it, the series kind of kills itself. If that makes sense. That seems to be what what he's implying here. I mean, I. Well, I feel like Zelda Wii U is trying to avoid that specific scenario, like changing everything up so that doesn't happen, and that they're not beating a dead horse with. The but Zelda then we franchise. don't know the story. It could literally be a cookie cutter Ocarina of Time story. Well, but here's the thing: is like. It could be, Nintendo but you fans, don't know that. We're this weird, like, brand loyal fan base. We're like mm-hmm. every year, poke or like, not every year, but maybe every other year, a Pokemon game comes out. And we're like, oh, it's another Pokemon game. It looks exactly the same. I guess I have to go to the store and spend thirty dollars on this game. And so it's not like it's not like <laughs> we're so against buying the games. Like you say that they're gonna retread the same game over and over again, but Mario hasn't really changed since the 2d side scroller we've just gotten the 3d edition so there's the 3d games and the the 2d games and there's really not much of a difference in the progression of 2d games i have to disagree they they've they've innovated some mario games like i I get what you're saying some mario games do feel like repeated repetitive yeah yeah. like new super mario bros 2 but there have been some yeah there's innovation but i mean like there's still like there's subtle differences they're not enough to like sell a completely new 60 dollar game so like they'd be like if they released um, I don't know. A... I don't know. A 3D, oh, no, 3D world, 3D on world is fantastic. Is this is one of the. I think we got a things. Mario hater in the. In no, the I love it. I love Mario. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, like, there's nothing they do to justify a sixty dollars <laughs> game. We, we are, 
so co- there a lot of us are so committed to Nintendo that even if they released Skyward Sword reskinned as much as people hated that, they'd be like, oh man, I guess I have to go out and buy Skyward Sword again. It's like, I love that game. I'd buy it in a heartbeat. But there'd still be people. I saw a NeoGAF thread. Uh, I believe I shared it with you, Alfred. Uh, the title was, I hate Nintendo, but will buy everything they make. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the series is going to last as long as Nintendo can stay relevant. Um, That's a fair point. And I, I think Nintendo's relevancy is far more in question than the Zelda series running out of ideas and content and mm-hmm. story ideas. Because, uh, you know, yeah. eventually here, Eiji Inouye is going to step down to a more Miyamoto-esque role with the series. And someone else is going to be, you know, at the lead of it. I hope it's not Shikata. Um, Please don't I mean, let I it be I mean, I love what Shikata. he did with Little Between Worlds, but it, it's just... He is even more out there than Eiji Inouye is for new ideas, which is great. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Let him create a brand new franchise, a brand new game. Mm-hmm. Um, let him do something. Like, I think yeah. he'd do great in that kind of role, making, you know, something fresh. But um, plus, I think he's older too. He might even be older than Anomo, so it it might be it'll probably be someone younger. But uh, I don't think they're anywhere close to running out of ideas for Zelda. I think uh, Nintendo staying relevant in the market is going to be the the harder thing because I don't know if Nintendo's ever going to fully swallow the pill to be like we're going third party. Uh, you know, they'll do some <laughs> they'll do some mobile yeah, games. I think they'd yeah. rather just die than become yeah. third. Party. Um, so. I, if anything, you know, it'd be mobile games that they end up surviving off of and they don't really do um, console-type games anymore, which would suck. I don't want to live in that future. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's going to last as long as Nintendo can keep themselves relevant in the hardware and console business. And uh, we'll see. You know, NX might be the re- the thing that reignites everything, and that's, you know, we're talking they have another 50 years in the bank before we worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. I'm yeah. hoping that it's not in my lifetime. I'm 30. If I die at 100, that's 70 years. I'm hoping Zelda's still going then. Um, <laughs> if it hasn't gotten stale, of course, I'm hoping, you know. But they're going to keep going as long as it sells, and Zelda sells. Symphony Tours are selling out. Um, every game sells at least 2 million copies. Um, I wish I used to be able to say at least 3 million, but thank you, Triforce Heroes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, try, to be fair, Triforce Heroes. Actually, a link, a link Between Worlds didn't cross 3 million either. Um, so, sad day. Um... So thank you for your topic. Uh, we got a few minutes left here, so we'll move on to the next one. This one comes from uh, at Pancake and Woofle. Yeah, <laughs> it's just really weirdly spelled. That's I'm sure great. they wanted actual pancake and waffle, <laughs> but it was taken. Uh, it says, uh, here's a topic idea. Uh, is your least favorite 3D Zelda game, they're, they're referring to 3D console games, um, more favored over the very first Zelda game ever released? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> let me think. My least favorite one is Ocarina of Time. And so it's saying like our our least favorite is what people's most favorite is. No, no. Our least favorite. Did we prefer our least favorite console 3D Zelda game over the original Zelda game on NES? Oh, oh, oh. Well, my least favorite 3D Zelda game uh, would probably be like. Phantom Hourglass, but you said console, so well because he said full 3D Zelda game. So I, those are kind of 2.5. I mean, A Link Between Worlds is technically a 3D Zelda game. Well, in the yeah, and so no, is no, no, Spirit I mean, Tracks like, and Phantom Hourglass. System, so it's a 3D Zelda game. So yeah, a, yeah, yeah, you turned a 3D on. Oh, on okay. exactly. Um, 
But no, he's right. talking. I guarantee he's talking about console. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in that case, Thanks, my least Nintendo favorite. For modeling uh, that for us, <laughs> yeah, my least favorite uh, 3D console game uh, would oh, be Majora's Mask. No. Not to say I don't. Not to say I don't like the game, and please don't crucify me. But it's my least favorite. I hate the time mechanic. Oh, okay, just stop. Uh, Dan, um, you're, you're killing my heart. <laughs> it's okay, but but okay. The answer well, is anyway, yes for you, right? Yeah, you prefer it. Yeah, because I recently, I actually played a little bit of the uh, first one today. I'm at Dungeon yep. 8, level 8, and <sighs> game sucks. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, without a walkthrough, game sucks. Man, that is harsh. <laughs> yeah, I don't... That, that <laughs> I'm is harsh. sorry. I, okay, so I'm really torn on this one. Okay, Ocarina of Time is my least favorite Zelda game uh, for 3D Zelda games. But it's also, I have a lot of like 2D and top-down games ahead of it. And The Legend of Zelda is really close to being ahead of it. It's, they're like neck and neck. Um, the Legend of Zelda NES obviously was a revolutionary game. And it's the first game to ever have game saves on locally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's great. It did yeah, a lot, it did I, a lot I of great stuff that. back then. Um, but there's just something about a game. And these type of games don't even exist anymore. Where you're just dropped into a world. And told, figure it out. We're not yep. helping you. That is really you're not like even it's told really. That. You're just like it's just really figure it out. really. Well, that's the thing. You're not told that, and you don't realize that until you're like, uh, okay, I went to this cave that was right there. It said dangerous to go and take this. That's cool. So what now? What? Nothing. There's no directions. No one tells you what to do. There's no hints. No, there's like a scrolly thing that says go well, save the okay, princess that's the base by story. battle. But it's not that's like the background. go go to dungeon one, get X item, go to dungeon two, get X items. Like you have to figure that out on your own. Yeah, there's yeah, no it, like, There's something yeah. about that kind of topic that or that kind of world that really appeals to me. Like I feel like this is what they're gonna do with the Zelda you done. They're gonna drop you in and not tell you anything. Figure it out. Um and that's awesome. Like that is really appealing to me as a gamer because it's taking off the kid gloves and saying, look, there was a time when video games were difficult. And we're not talking about difficult in terms of it's hard to kill things or it's hard to go from start to finish. Um, we're just talking about it's difficult to figure out what the hell you're supposed to do. And that's that's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I was right at the edge of that being my era. You know, I'm, I'm turning 30 this year, the same age as the series. But, you know, I didn't really start playing games until I was like four or five. So I was right at the edge of that NES era. And... You know, I think back on some of my favorite games. There was, you know, Gnome for PC, which very few people I know have ever even heard of it. Uh, You know, just the return to Zork. They're games where you're dropped into this world and you're not told how to do anything. You don't even know what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, but where am I going to know where to go if I don't have Fee telling me every step of the way? (laughs) (laughs) You have a 99% chance that you're going to fail at this game. Yeah. Um, No, it's just... And there's nothing, I must say that I don't like current Zelda designs. Um, it's just, I really miss the era where you weren't told what to do and you just had to figure it all out. And even when you figured it out, it still didn't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like... I think we like, all miss yeah, that. Yeah, and that's what The Legend of Zelda represents to me. So, you know, I know a lot of you guys' favorite out there, if you're listening, is Ocarina of Time. So for me to say Ocarina of Time is the you know, least favorite of my 3D Zelda games. It's probably blasphemy to you. <laughs> but, um, yes, I, in, in, I'm really Skyward Sword. I love Skyward Sword. It's might be my favorite game in the series. And, and quick disclaimer, just, um, 
I don't really think The Legend of Zelda for NES sucks. I just think it's really hard yeah. and I'm salty. <laughs> it's an amazing game. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm really torn. Like, they are neck and neck. Um, the, I think there's a lot of games in the series that have done things better than them. No, no, no one, none of the games in the series have done that, what I just described, better than The Legend of Zelda did. Um, and when yeah. it comes to just that, that lone factor is so appealing to me. Now, if it just had an engrossing story to go with it, I that's that's perfect Zelda to me. Um, but it doesn't. And because it doesn't, all the games that have better stories, um, I usually end up preferring because I really love story. Majora's Mask. So, oh, I love Majora's Mask. <laughs> I love Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask is so good. And I heard that timer. Uh, ding. Yes, it did. The timer did ding. Um, we're, I'll, I'll let uh, uh, Alfred here get a quick say. What's your least favorite 3D Zelda game? Um, man, that, I'd, I'd probably go with Skyward Sword just because. Okay. No. I'd oh, no. It's okay. I've recredited that game say about that? four or five times, and I can't like it's get just into a, it as it's just much. A, it's just an unoriginal remark. That's all. It's, <laughs> it goes with the popular. It's not, it's not that I don't like it. Like I really, there's see the problem is with this question is there's no 3D Zelda game that I don't like. It's just well, like, that's why he says. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why he favorite. says least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. You're like you're not saying you don't like it. Just well, like you know, you like it a little less than all the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. Yeah, like I don't dislike I Majora's Mask, but I would still well, play. No, Skyward you, you just Sword. hate the time mechanic. Over the original Zelda game, if that's what the question is, then yes, I would yes, still do that. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what he's asking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So to answer your question, for it's two yeses and one, I'm not sure, because um, they're right, they're right neck and neck. <laughs> like I, it's just, it's weird. Ocarina of Time is like the one 3D Zelda game I just don't really like that much, but there's elements about the game that I like enough that I elevate it above other games like Phantom Hourglass and stuff like that. Um, how can you be a Zelda fan <laughs> if you don't? If that's your least favorite game, it's not my. It's not my least favorite. Like, Phantom Hourglasses. No, least favorite three okay, D yeah. Zelda game. Um, nah, it's because if that's one game out of like nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, so that's that's the end of our fan topics. Uh, there was a really cool topic by Will Blind. We will. I'll save that one for next week. Uh. So. The last 15 minutes here, or a little bit more than 15, since, well, this section won't be more than 15, but the last one went over, uh, is just about a favorite thing that happened in this past week. I've done a lot of talking. I feel like Darren has it, so I'm going to let Darren tell me, what, what's the favorite thing that happened to you that's video game related in the past week? could be about anything. Yes, Nate, Nate you already know. Uh, <laughs> well, I you guys, you I'm, not, I'm not the I'd audience be... here, I mean. I beat Ocarina of Time 3D on my new 3DS, which felt like an amazing journey um, because the first time I played Ocarina of Time 3D, it was on the standard 3DS because the, the 3DS XL and the new 3DS didn't exist at the time. So now playing it with the face tracking 3D and bigger screen, it felt like a whole new remake. Uh, it, it really was an improvement. I encourage anyone to, who hasn't done it to take a new 3DS and play Ocarina of Time 3D with the 3D on because it's amazing. 3DS uh, came with the 3D on. Um, <laughs> it feels like face tracking should have been in the original design. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. it is, it yeah. is like... Yeah. Don't get me wrong. When, when the 3DS came out, it was impressive because there was no device on the market that you could get 3D without wearing glasses at the time. At least an affordable thing like i think i think there yeah. was some some uh, some screens of electronics out there for like 1500 but like a consumer electronic there was nothing 
Um, so it was really impressive at the time. So maybe they just didn't feel like they needed it. And it wasn't until after they released it, they realized, you know, people think it's really cool when they first use it, but then they kind of turn it off because it doesn't stay working properly. Um, yeah. So as, as yeah. I was saying, um, I beat it today and the ending still got me. Spoiler alert. If you haven't beaten this game that came out in 1998, <laughs> um, the the ending still got me when Zelda sent Link back into his childhood, and then they met, and then the screen turned black and white, and I was like, oh, that that those heartstrings just pulling. Like, if I wasn't the man I was, I'm sure I would have shed a single tear. Not me, not <laughs> me. But then again, I don't have favorable opinions no. of that game. So. Like like when I, in Navi fact, I was left, mad at, I was just like, no, don't I was go. So mad at Zelda when she like, sent me back. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I was, but then <laughs> we got Majora's Mask, me? and it was so I know, much better. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but that's the thing. They sent Navi away, and that's the whole reason Majora's Mask happened. I'm like, Navi, you could have prevented the disaster of Majora's no, Mask. No, 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 no. If you just no, stayed no, no, with no, Link. No, because if Navi didn't go missing, um, Majora's Mask would have still happened because he already had Majora's Mask. Everyone would have just said the world, the world would have just got destroyed. If you didn't go to that world, it's destroyed. Oh, that's so true. Actually, Navi, yeah, yeah, but in the in the child timeline, yeah, but not in the two other well, adult those are timelines. Unaffected regardless, that were that were yeah, that but I could give a crap was. about the ch- I could give a crap about the <laughs> child timeline. Like, let the word let the world <laughs> the burn. World burn. <laughs> well, that's what. Uh, I mean, the opposite <laughs> of that happened in the adult timeline. The world flooded. That's true. Um, and yeah. then the other timeline, Link died or something. So I, it's all kind of sad. <laughs> well, he didn't. Well, no, he didn't die. He just got defeated and then turned into the hero's I, shade. I don't know. The hero's shade is in the child timeline. Get with yes. it. It is? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Thank you for correcting so I don't, me. Well, anyway, he gets defeated, but I don't, I don't think, think he, he dies. I don't think defeated without dying. Link with the courage, he's going to go until his last breath. Yeah, but Ganondorf. Well, how how gets do you get defeated, defeated the in the game? He never like, dies. How do you get defeated in the game? You die, right? <laughs> so like, yeah. how is Link going to get defeated if in the game you die when you're defeated? You're going to die. That's the only logical explanation I have is that. It, I don't know. Zelda shoved a red fairy down his throat, like thirty minutes yeah, after and then the he battle. Got him and probably fought him again. Because <laughs> you know, Link. Link thinks he could beat yeah. him the second time around. You're arguing semantics about an established so. video game world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this argument could go on for another half hour. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's what Darren's been doing. Sorry, I, this is just document time pisses me off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I beat it. Great yeah. game. Go play. Uh, it. Alfred, what's your favorite uh, thing that happened in video games this week? Oh man. Um. Yeah, Overwatch I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Maybe <laughs> way too much, but also I was like, hey, you know what game I haven't picked back up in a while is Fallout 4, and then I was like, oh, Bethesda added mods to it, so the entire Undertale soundtrack plays whenever I go through the uh, <laughs> wasteland now, and it's wonderful because I have this weird obsession. Not weird. It's a great obsession. If you haven't played Undertale, what are you doing? Stop listening to the podcast. Go, go play Undertale. It's probably one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> but yeah, I've been playing a lot of Undertale or Undertale Overwatch. Um, I've been up. Yeah, whenever I whenever I log on Discord, I always see Alfred. It says playing <laughs> Overwatch. I'm like, boy, uh, yeah. must be having fun. Well, yeah, I don't get a lot of play of the games, and I'm I'm not always doing oh, yeah. it well. But 
And you're still having fun though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really fun game. If you enjoyed Team Fortress 2, imagine this as a better version of Team Fortress 2 with less hats. And you've got yourself <laughs> Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a, I'm a big Team Fortress 2 guy, so I'm yeah, sure I'm okay. Enjoy it. Like I, I love everything Blizzard. Okay, <laughs> um, like anything they make to me is like gold. It, it's just so good. Like he, I loved Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, World of Warcraft. I played for many many years. In fact, I already have the the next expansion pack bought, and I know I'm only going to play it to level up all the way. And yeah, I know I'm only probably going to raid for that first month, and then I'm going to quit the game. Um, but I don't care. The experience of doing it is just so fun and so worth it to me. And uh, <laughs> that's yeah. what a game exactly. should be. And you know, we're, we're, I mean, I I would play World of Warcraft more often if I didn't have children. They kind of <laughs> preclude me from doing it, like I won't really want to do. So to be fair, it's not Blizzard's fault that I'm not going to continue to play the game. It's just I don't have the time after See? that that initial period where I just make time for it. Um, I can't continue to do that, or Zelda Informer dies, my family leaves me. Uh, <laughs> I lose, I lose oh, all my boy. jobs. Um, it just isn't good. I get really engrossed in that game. See, my problem um, is, like, Overwatch has these loot boxes you get after you level up, right? And so you can open them up, you get, like, four things. It could be, like, a spray, it could be a costume, some coins, voice lines, whatever. But then there's also the option to pay for more. And so of course there is. I was like... You know what? I paid forty dollars for the games on the PC, so you know why not spend five bucks to get five loot crates? And I was like, well, that was only five dollars. I could spend five more, and like twenty dollars later, I bought, got you, yeah. I bought several they loot boxes you. because I got they paid, hooked, and I was yeah. like, that's how it goes. That's I how know. it is in Team Fortress Two. Like, oh, you bought a key? Why not buy another one? It's only five yeah, bucks. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> and I. Ugh. Part of me regrets it, but the other part's like, man, that skin looks really cool on Genji, so I don't really yeah. regret it that much. Well, and, and Overwatch is, you know, basically everyone that plays it loves it. Yeah. I, I've not really seen anyone negative toward it. Even people who do not like shooters like Overwatch. Um, so it's just really interesting. I, I have not played it. I didn't play it in beta. I've been avoiding buying it because everyone that plays it gets addicted. And I know how <laughs> I get with Blizzard games. I get really addicted. Like, I bought um, the – it's not – well, it's the most recent expansion pack for uh, – Starcraft 2. Um, I like think Heart of the Storm or something. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And I have yet to play that expansion pack because I know the moment that I start it, I'm not stopping for like 30 hours. I'm going to keep going. Like, and all Blizzard games do that to me. And it just, it, it's almost like they're too good. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only series I never really got into was Diablo from them. I never really got into the Diablo series much. Um, but yeah, it's just, man. I know I'm eventually going to break down and get Overwatch if my friends just keep telling me how awesome it is. I know, like, half the staff at Zelda Informer are playing it. Oh, just, oh, man. I'd say if you, if anybody I apologize gets it, if Zelda Informer dies in the next couple months. If anybody gets podcast. it, get it for PC because I need more people to play with. Yeah, if I become distant, it's because I'm playing <laughs> Overwatch while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> It's okay. I'll, I'll still be here because my internet sucks. Yep, and so. I'll be I'll be playing Overwatch online on my PC while I'm recording the podcast because <laughs> my internet does not suck. Um, <laughs> Both Alfred and Nate will be playing. And I'll so just my favorite thing. So my favorite thing from this past week uh, is it's it's a piece of news. Uh, it's not Nintendo related. Um, it's it's well, it's technically a, it's a <laughs> rumor. I don't even remember where the rumor came from, but apparently it's a really, really super reliable source um, about 
Xbox's new system. Not the Slim. Slim. The Slim kind of was, you know, the PlayStation's expected to release one too. They have, like, the last two generations, I think, uh, Sony had a Slim version of their consoles. Well, they're going to make the 4.5 version, is what the rumor says for Sony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The the new rumor for the Xbox is about the, uh, what do they call it? The Scorpio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Xbox Scorpio. And that's just a code name, just like, you know, the PlayStation Neo is just a code name. And uh, what really got me about this one is, you know, outside of the fact that it's clearly a reaction to the PlayStation 4K, um, is that, at least if this rumor is true, it is a six teraflop capable <laughs> system. Wow. I, you know, like that's. Okay, I, I'm, a, I'm big into, like, PC hardware and everything, so I know that that's a big deal. And, like, the current systems, I think, are around... Uh, God, how many flops was, it, was I looking at? Um, the PlayStation 4K was looking at, like, 4.13, based on the rumors. The current systems, I think, were around, like, 1 point something. Um, anyways, the, yeah, it was, like, 1.31 to 1.81 PlayStation 4 in the lead. Um, and teraflops don't necessarily mean anything that matters what you do with them, but, but essentially it's a, a measurement for how beefy your system is and what it's capable of do, of producing. And the PlayStation 4 had the lead over the, over the Xbox One. And the PlayStation 4K comes out, it's three to four times more powerful. And then all of a sudden this rumor comes out that the Xbox is saying, screw you, um, we're releasing a box that's basically a, a mid-level gaming PC. And we don't give a shit. um it's just it's so crazy to me that um because there's been so many people that said i bought the playstation 4 it's a more powerful box i bought the playstation 4 it's got the better graphics well are they going to turn around now and get the xbox scorpio because if they are people or are they just saying like are they just saying that because they're sony fans and they're just look i have something i can tout or is it like um no sorry microsoft tech the lead now and if you still say that crap well now, you're, what's your excuse? Well, the PlayStation 4 sold more, so all my friends have it now. Well, I'm still uh, a master PC race over here, so your, your yeah, mid-level like, gaming PC Xbox can go away. <laughs> well, like, okay, I don't have a desktop uh, gaming PC right now. I'm going to get one eventually because it really helps with video editing. Um, but I do have a very gaming uh, laptop that I use for all my, my site work and video gaming on PC. And it's, you know, it's got like a 970M. 16 gigs of DDR4, um, SSD. It's got an i7 something, 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 sixth generation processor uh, with four cores. So, like, I- I'm really rocking an expensive laptop. It's just awesome. Um, by the way, with a graphics amplifier port, so I can hook up, like, a GTX Titan to my system if I want, which is just awesome. Um, but it- it's – I love PC gaming, you know, you guys talked about games that you've been playing lately. I've been playing Total War, Warhammer, which also came out, like, the same time Overwatch did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing a lot of that on PC. But it's just, I own an Xbox One. Uh, the reason I own an Xbox One is, one, it plays nice with my computer. So if I just put, like, all my music files on, like, a Windows music player thing, like, I could play it off my Xbox, which is nice. And then it's the same account between my Xbox and my PC, which is really nice. And on top of all of that, and on top of all the networking things and how nice they play together, Madden 
And now NBA 2K. I'm, uh, those are the two sports games I usually buy every year. They are console exclusive. I can't play them on PC. I want to play them on PC. I used to. I grew up playing Madden on PC. I can't anymore. I don't know why. I don't know why they stopped. PCs are more popular now than they've ever been for gaming. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why those games haven't come back. But they just have no desire to bring them. EA and uh, God, who are the people behind 2K? Yeah, 2K themselves. Um, <laughs> duh. They forget. They're so cocky they put their name in the game. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. 2K makes some pretty good games. Uh, they made me have to pick a console. And I thought maybe I should pick the PlayStation 4. But the problem was, at the time, not all the Xbox games were coming to PC. Now they all do. And now I know I made the wrong choice. (laughs) Because, like, I buy consoles for exclusive games. Like, I play the crap out of my Wii U. Because none of those games I can get anywhere else. Most of them, anyways. Outside of the multi-platform, some indie games. Um, So I should have bought the PlayStation 4 in so much that... um, the games that I'm going to buy for it are probably games I'm not going to be able to play on my PC. And I don't regret my Xbox One purchase because, let me tell you, me and my friend played the hell out of Madden on it. Uh, we just played the other day for, like, eight hours in a row. Like, we just love, like, all the simulation, sports simulation, and micromanaging teams. Like, it's just so much fun to us. It's something that most of our audience is probably like, oh, my God, you do that? Um, <laughs> wait, I also play Total War Warhammer, which is all micromanaging and, yeah, you get to do your battles here and there, but that's not really why you play the game. Um, Nathan just likes to be the manager of Zelda Informer in every possible game that he can be. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, I like micromanaging things. I'm really good at it, and even better at it in video games than I probably am at running the site. <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, this rumor just has me excited in so much that Microsoft is trying to throw – a punch at Sony because um, Microsoft has done everything right. And the timer's about to go off. There it is. Uh, Microsoft has done everything right since Phil Spencer took over. Um, so I'm very interested to see that it's nice that they have this powerful box or potentially powerful rumored, powerful box. I'm interested to see what they can do to convince me as someone who now knows that all microsoft exclusive games are also coming to pc to buy this box see i don't think that you're necessarily their core audience though because a lot of console gamers aren't also pc gamers so i know but a lot of their messaging at least lately has been yes all of our games come to pc there's bonuses if you buy it on xbox one for the pc game the idea here is that yes you play on your pc but when you go to your living room you don't need to bring your computer with you this is our box connected yeah. to the TV. And if this new box is six teraflops is 4k gaming and all that stuff, that's great. Um, it's just, it's very, very interesting to me. I'm interested in what their, what their strategy is going to be with this. Um, and obviously E3 is coming up and I'm going to be on a plane as these conferences are going on. Um, as the Microsoft one is anyway, the Sony ones at night. So I might be able to actually watch that at my hotel. Um, heck, maybe I should talk to them and get invited to it. Just, just to say I, w- I went to a live conference because dang you <laughs> nintendo um <laughs> but yeah it, it's just going to be very very interesting uh to me anyways that was my favorite thing from the past week um just a really interesting piece of news that shows the console wars are are good and ready and still going and man i love console wars 
I love console well. wars. I like. I can't. I hope Microsoft like comes out and just throws punches at Sony, and then Sony fires back just like they did back in 2013. That was fantastic. Um, and and like this time, it feels like if if Microsoft does have the more powerful box, they're gonna be able to like legit say some things that are clearly a reference to Sony without saying it. Um, that they couldn't do in 2013 yeah. when it was like, here's our multimedia box that none of us are going to tell you the same thing about because none of us agree on what it's for. And Nintendo's over here like, Zelda, you. Yeah, Nintendo's <laughs> like, just go play some Zelda. <laughs> All right, so that's going <laughs> to that's gonna do it for our very first episode of the Zelda Informer podcast. I hope you guys had a good time. We certainly had a good time. We will be back at this same time next week. Um, as I said, if you want early access to this podcast, uh, you need to go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Prime and make at least a $5 committal to the Nintendo Prime to get early access to the podcast. Otherwise, it'll go public 12 hours later. So really, it's the same day. Didn't really want to hold you guys back from it. You're just, everyone's still getting it on Wednesday because that's just how I like it. I don't like delay it. Because like, like, if I delay wait. it, like, oh, oh, oh my God, you made me wait an extra day? Like no, no, I didn't make you wait for for jack shit. Um, so I can't believe I just did that. I really, I really apologize. Um, if it's able to be said on cable TV, we can say it here. That's my rule for this podcast. Um, anyways, so uh, yeah, you could obviously follow Zelda Former at Zelda Former on Twitter. Uh, you could follow us on Facebook at just go to zeldaformer.com if you really want to be the most up to date with Zelda news. Uh, you want to visit our website. You don't want to follow our social media pages alone um, because social media kind of sucks for following news. It just does. Um, Except for Twitter. Even Twitter, like if you follow too many people, you're just going to miss stuff. Speaking, just... speaking of Twitter, everyone should yeah, go follow Yeah, so, there. I mean, your best bet, go to ZeldaInformer.com. Like, make an RSS feed and, like, follow us. Like, we have one of those things that, like, it's ancient yeah. and people have been using it since the 90s, but, I mean, they use it because it works. <laughs> like <laughs> if it ain't broke exactly. don't fix it um so we'll be back same time next week uh alfred will be here i have no idea who our other guest is going to be sometimes we'll have four people sometimes we'll have three hopefully we don't have scary times or it's just me and al because I'll, then i'll uh, just develop a split personality and we'll have a conversation with myself yes uh and next maybe week maybe we'll have special uh, guests tease, next week's episode is our pre-e3 special uh, where we'll have predictions and conversations that are it's exclusively all about E3. We'll spend a lot of it talking about Zelda. We'll also talk about some of the other things going on, things we might like to see from some other companies. Um, and we're also, Alfred doesn't even know this yet, as my co-host. Uh, there's going to be a betting special in there. Ooh. We'll make some, e, so, some E3 oh bets. And, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm letting, rupees? Uh, letting Alfred know ahead of time because, um, obviously, if he beats me in the bets... He's going to have to come up with something for me to do. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm going to have to come up with something for him to do. Uh, so it should be. You're telling uh, the man that just said that I bought like $30 worth of loot boxes that were betting. That's not a yes. good thing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but see, this bet no. won't cost you money, I promise. Okay. It might cost me money if you're making me do something really embarrassing and I have to go buy some stuff. But um, because, you know, I have the ability to stream. Anything I have, I shouldn't be telling you what I had to do. You're just gonna come up with, you're, you're come up with crazy ideas. Because like with you, I gotta be like, okay, he might not be able to go on camera. What can I make him do? Can do. <laughs> go street, stream yourself cosplaying. Oh, as my God. oh no! Oh no! Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, if you have any topic or submissions, uh, 
for topics or if you want to like just ask us questions um you know if you're someone who wants to be a guest on the show i i mean we always take guest submissions uh you could just obviously email us at podcast at zelda informer.com um yeah you guys want to toss out your twitter handles darren um, yeah, I'll toss up mine at Real Dern, R-E-A-L-D-E-R-N. I talk about Zelda, Nintendo, and gaming in general, and occasionally make uh, jokes. They're, they're not funny, by the way. I, I think I'm funny. <laughs> they're not funny, but I try. I'm at Full Metal Elfie, like the Full Metal nice. Alchemist, but Elfie with A-L-F-I-E. Nice. And I talk about, talk about stuff, make jokes that I think are funny, and Darren retweets them a lot because he thinks I'm funny. And I complain nice. about my school. Yes, I do. We share the same <laughs> sense of humor. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I'm at Nate Jance, N-A-T-E-J-A-N-C. There is no E after that. It just ends there. Um, and I don't really update that often. When I do, sometimes I talk about kids, sometimes I talk about Nintendo or Zelda Informer or things I'm doing. Um, but the more active and the more successful that Nintendo Prime Patreon comes, the more active I'll be on Twitter as well because I'll actually have projects to talk about. Um, instead of just like ideas in my head so that would that would be Tease. that would be nice um, so yeah thank you we'll see you guys all next week